graduation, especially those visitors who chose to uh, come and make this day special for our graduates. So this time we'll get started with the service. Good afternoon. Welcome to Independent Baptist Church of Anchorage in our 2022 graduation service. I always enjoy these. We have four graduates this year, two from high school and two from our college, actually. We have, of course, Samuel Scalisi and Boaz Jacobs, who has finished high school. We're certainly excited for them to see what the Lord has for their life. And then we have two Bible colleagues, Marianne Conley, who has finished her one-year Bible certificate. And then Matt McDonald, he is not able to make his own graduation. And, of course, he is out working in Bethel right now, so he is unable to make the service. But he did complete his degree in pastoral theology, so we certainly want to uh, show our appreciation to him as well. And, and our congratulations to him as he's probably live streaming right now for his own graduation. And, uh, but welcome to the service. We certainly hope that, uh, that you enjoy it. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue. At this time, I'm going to turn it over to Sean Weasler. He is the dean of our Bible college. 
and he certainly does a great job. He's done that for several years now, and I appreciate all the work and effort that he puts in. All right. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you all for coming tonight to recognize our graduates. It's, uh, uh, education is important. I just want to share a few comments. Um, you know, the Bible teaches us in Ecclesiastes 7.12, For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. And then also in Proverbs 16.16, 16, the Bible teaches how much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver. So whether it's high school or Bible college, uh, learning involves uh, discipline to see an end. Um, it takes effort. Uh, for the Bible college, uh, just a little comments on that. Um, this year, we added uh, two new instructors for our college here, uh, Miss Rachel Jordan, and we also brought in uh, Daniel McGovern. And so I'm so thankful that they were able to join our college this year. And then... On top of our veteran instructors, I'll just comment on them real quick. We have Gary Chamberlain, Mitch Butler, Steve Brunk, and Jerry Jordan, as well as Pastor and myself as far as the instructors for the college. And uh, just a few words about the college. The college was started in 1996 as a ministry of our church. Uh, and it's w with a vision to see men and women get the type of Bible training that would equip them for a life of service to our Lord. Uh, it is our conviction that a Bible college has one main purpose. Its sole purpose is to help develop godly character and edify the saints through sound teaching. So that's a little bit on our Bible college. Now a little bit about our graduates tonight. Um, I, I get the privilege to pick on them a little bit. So, um, so our high school graduate, uh, Boaz Jacobs, what can I say about Boaz? Uh, uh, this is the kid who schools all other kids and their parents in just about any competition you can think of, okay? Uh, ask Caleb Penix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, Boaz, I, I think I remember, Boaz helped me with a game of Rook when he was five or six. He's teaching me how to do Rook and helping me win. I just, here, here's the cards, you figure it out, you know? <laughs> uh, sharp kid. Uh, well, he's not a little kid anymore. Uh, we're all watching him wear those gospel shoes he preaches about as he continues to grow both in physical stature and Christian maturity. So that's Boaz. And what can I say about Samuel? Samuel Sclacy. He has three older siblings ahead of him. They've already been down this road. He, he's had lots of expectations put on him. God saw fit for him to preach his first funeral as a teenager. And become a master candlemaker among, amongst a long list of accomplishments so far. Uh, I've had the pleasure of having Samuel in one of my Bible college classes this year as well. And so we're very thankful about Samuel and the maturity and the fine young man he's becoming. And then there's Marion. Marion Conley. You know, she's the only one I know of that two years in a row decides to come down this aisle and graduate. Uh, she's either an overachiever... Or just very hard at learning. She's just got to get it over again. You know, just got to teach her again. Uh, last year she did her high school graduate. Uh, this year she's our first graduate to do the one-year Bible certificate. Uh, so that's an option uh, for our students in our college as well, if that interests you. Uh, one-year Bible certificate, and she's getting ready to go down to uh, Bering Precious Seed School here this fall. Anyway, uh, one last thing about Marion. Um, I told her dad this, so this is nothing new to him, but... Uh, very seriously, I wanted him to know that while him and his family were up in Fairbanks, um, it was as if the, his mom and dad were still here. Um, she used to stay faithful, godly, young lady. She was when her parents were here. What happened? She decided to make her parents' God her God. No one's forcing her to worship God now. Anyway, that's a little bit on Marion. And then Mac McDonald. As Pastor mentioned, uh, he is never a punctual man. Uh, he can be late for his own funeral or miss his own graduation. Uh, however, when he does show up, and he always shows up eventually, uh, he's one of the most dedicated and hardworking men I've ever been around. Uh, and we will honor him at another time uh, when he could physically be here. But we're so thankful for him. He completed uh, his uh, bachelor's in uh, pastoral theology. 
So that's a little bit on our graduates tonight and a little bit of the fun stuff done. So now, uh, here's the step where I get to say graduates, prepare to graduate. So first graduate is Boaz Jacobs. Why don't you come on up here and we're going to do the presentation for this. Boaz has got a few words for us. Good evening. All right. First off, I would like to thank God for all He has done for me. Without God, we would none of us would be here today. So through through God being so good, He gave us His word. In His word, He says to give honor to whom honor is due. So first off, I'd like to thank my mom. She can come up here. I have something for her. got me through high school, which was not an easy task. Okay, so thanks to mom. And then to dad, he showed me through his life, everyday life, he always came home, and he embedded in me Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's, that's what I really got from my dad. Now, for my siblings, Julie and Jacob, they were always willing to let me drive the vehicle to work whenever I did not have one. Uh, i got to admit, it's, it's more fun to drive Jacob's truck, for sure. All right, Pam and Pam and Caleb. Caleb's not my sibling, but he is my brother-in-law, so i got to include him somewhere. Pam, she showed me that high school, or that college, was possible. And then Caleb, he, uh, he was always a good, godly example for me and someone I wanted to pattern my life after. And he sold me my first dirt bike, so I guess he's okay. And then Della. Del, if I can make it through high school, you can as well. So hang in there. You can do it. All right, and everyone else who is still in school, to remember 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise your youth. There, time flies. You think that, you know, I'm 12 and high school is like way far away. Whenever you get here, you will look back and go, where did time fly? So if I went along the list and thanked everyone for the positive impact they've had on my life, I could be here all night. So I just want to say thank you all for everything you've done. And that's it. All right. And our next graduate high school will be Samuel Scalisi. Why don't you come up? Thank you everyone for coming tonight for my graduation and the graduation of others. Congratulations to the graduates of 2022. I want to first give all glory to God. I'm Samuel Scalisi, a high school graduate of class of 2022. I'm the fourth child of 11. I was raised in a Christian, I was raised in a conservative Christian home where children were viewed as a ministry and blessing from God. My parents had both took the Bible, very, the Bible verse, Deuteronomy 6-7, very seriously. It says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto my children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, 
and when thou sittest down, and when thou raisest up. Now parents bore us the responsibility to teach us. As a child, I've seen it simply, as a child, I've simply seen it as the only way. As I become older, I'm seeing it through the, the, the perspective as a young adult. I could see the protection that I had. I thought I was, I was taught to think for myself using biblical principles and not popular agendas of our government. My parents valued a strong worth ethic and they allowed for us to work for our neighbors, even at a young age, because we, we are blessed with wonderful neighbors. I, I even by my wonderful neighbors. I even by my own will still accept an appointment with with some of them today. Some of them came: Gary Ryder, Mrs. K, and Alex Miller. You all have been a part of who I am. Also, my siblings are very much part of my schooling journey. My oldest brother Dustin, while in the home. He gave me so much to look up to on how to take care of our siblings. I don't remember one morning that he did not get up and read his Bible. He taught me hard work as well, mainly by, mainly by getting me to do his prep work when he would go on a mission trip or when he would order us out the door on a Sunday morning for church. Megan taught me a lot how to humble myself she was older and authority of us at times. My parents would go places. And my, and my personality would get the best of me sometimes. She was so much like a second mom to all of us. She taught, us, she taught several subjects and taught us more character and moral and practical things than I can ever remember. Timothy. He taught me to never give up. On April 27, 2019, he had a major brain injury, which the doctors gave him a little hope because of what his MRI looked like. He had to relearn everything from walking, talking, and reading. And while he does get discouraged at times, it, and it is a long, drawn-out recovery, he keeps going and he keeps improving. My younger siblings taught me the need to have an example. They need someone that they can look up to. They need to see my, they need to see me stay faithful. Not only being faithful when I'm growing up, but now as a young adult. I'm thankful for all the pastors that God has placed in my life, from Pastor Roach to Pastor Josh to Pastor McGovern. I owe so much to my current pastors. Yes, in there. For me personally, on so many levels. He has been a close friend to my parents, as, and I have learned that the second you feel like someone is trying to control you, and like you don't, like you don't want to ask advice, then it's typically pride. I am thankful that God has placed people with wisdom in my life that I can go when I need advice. I am thankful for my friends and my church family. I can look out and see so many faces growing up that are so special to our family. I always look forward to sharing my week and visiting on Sundays with friends. Most, most of my closest friends are more than a decade older than me. My dad instilled in all of us children, if you want to be wise, place yourself around, around wise people. I'm thankful that I have, that I am surrounded with people that are wise and has amazing character. I am thankful for all of my Sunday school leaders and throughout the years. I remember crying when Mr. Jacobs stopped, stopped teaching, and I'll always remember this token. Then Mr. Daniel, and, and then he did too, and then he did too, you did do an amazing job. He spent a lot of time teaching us how to compose a sermon. I am thankful for my music instructors in my life, Mrs. Lowe, Mrs. Jacobs, and Paul Lowe. 
Early on, I also had an instructor by the name of Mrs. Allen that I made a huge that it made a huge impact. Megan, my sister, helped me quit quite a bit with learning notes and playing. I'm thankful for all the people who put up with my endless hours of piano playing at home and at church. The older I get, the more I realize that my homeschooling started from birth. My, ho- my mom is a big believer in neuroplasticity and that learning happens every moment. Day in and day out, she has always taught me that I can learn anything that I want to learn just by chunking it down just by chunking down the material. I have dyslexia and things would sometimes seem impossible. And early after self-discipline and a lot of repetition, I realized that if I put my entire might in that unto the the Lord, then I can accomplish what the Lord has set before me. She would often she would often believe in my ability more than more than I believed in my own ability. She is my biggest encourager. I've also learned in the power of prayer through her life. I've seen her move mountains with her prayer and faith. I've seen some very seemingly impossible things come to pass. Even us being in this very church right now is a product of her prayer and fasting and faith. I would watch I would watch her knee I would watch her get on her knees during Timothy's accident every morning to see her faith and my faith grew. In fact, my whole life has been surrounded by faith and prayer from both of my parents. Finally, I want to give thanks to my all-time hero, my dad. My dad has spent his early years living in sin and living for himself. He repented and started living for the Lord and he never looked back. My dad has had some terrific, um, terrific thing happen, happen in his life. He, he praised the Lord. He is the biggest un, unofficial missionary that I've ever seen. He just plans a mission trip for our family and goes. He has, a, he, has, he has trained us all to be aware of the souls around us as we go about our day-to-day business. My dad, he loves people of all walks of life, and he doesn't do the click thing. He wants to he wants to be where he is needed. He loves my mom. He is faithful to church. He's everything that a Christian man should be. Though there is no one perfect except Christ. He certainly has been an amazing example. I have so much that God has given to me through the years. I have so much training that my parents have given to me in my journey of schooling. My prayer is that I am responsible with the training and use and give it all to the glory of God. Again, thank you friends, family, church, and parents for coming to celebrate this achievement. And to the class of 2022, go go do great things for God.
All right, now our Bible College graduate tonight, Marion Conley with one year Bible certificate. Did you come? I would like to thank all of the instructors that put in um, all the time and effort into uh, the classes and everything, and thank you so much. And, um, and I'd like to thank you individually, um, so thank you Mr. Chamberlain, um, Mr. Butler, Mr. Jordan, uh, Mr. McGovern, uh, Mrs. Jordan, and Mr. Wiesler. Thank you so much for putting all the time and effort into um, reading the uh, instructions, the, the uh, material, and getting the lessons for every Saturday, and it definitely um, has made an impact in my life, and thank you so much. Um, thank you to my family for being here, <laughs> of course, <laughs> um, and thank you for, Well, um, if I wasn't raised in a good Christian home, I wouldn't be here right now. So thank you so much for um, guiding me and bringing me up in a good home. And I love you guys so much. And uh, thank you, Pastor, for um, all the time you put into the sermons and everything. It definitely has um, made such a big impact in my life. Um, and thank you for, to Mrs. McGovern for being a godly example and um, someone to look up to. And, uh, and for, I'm excited to follow God's call in my life to missions as I go on to um, Biblical School of World Evangelism in Milford, Ohio. Um, I'll be studying cross-cultural missions and learning how to um, uh, continue learning how to better give out the gospel to people. Um, and uh, thank you to um, the church family. I'll definitely miss everybody here. And uh, everyone was a <laughs> big impact in my life. And I will always remember everyone here. And uh, thank you so much. And I love you all. And I'll miss all of you. And um, I'm glad to be standing here today. And uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Amen. That was excellent. I appreciate all of your words and your speaking. And, and uh, um, at this time, we have one of our instructors. He's going to be preaching the graduation for us. We've asked uh, Daniel McGovern if he would preach the graduation this year. So, Daniel. All right. Good evening. Good evening. It's definitely counted an honor to be uh, to to have a part in uh, in our local. Bible Institute here, and to be asked to speak here today, and uh, the graduation is certainly a very exciting time, time of new beginnings, and I have very fond memories of my high school and college graduation, and um, so I, I hope to bring to you graduates uh, tonight a challenge from the Word of God, something practical that that you can take with you and use, and, uh, and will, will be applicable to everyday life. And, and also to, to the rest of us here, uh, something that, that is, is truth from the Word of God that we, can, that we can take and apply to our lives and learn 
And uh, so I, I will not be very long. I realize it's, it's a little bit warm in here. I don't mind it. Some, some people do, though. But uh, no, I will not be very long. We will, we will uh, we'll be looking at uh, briefly at a few passages of Scripture talking about the will of God. And uh, so I do ask uh, for, for your attention just for the next few minutes as we dig into the Bible, the truth of God's Word, and see uh, what the Lord has for us here. Uh, let's open up to the book of Ephesians 5.17 to, to start off with, if you have uh, your Bible with you. Uh, like I said, we're, we'll be talking about here this evening uh, the will of God. Um, I know when I was uh, a, a when I was graduating high school, especially um, it was it was uh, the, the the thought of the will of God, and and also when I was graduating Bible college uh, was is very much very much on my mind. It's like, what does God want me to do? What does God expect of me? And um, I think there's there's sometimes a little bit of a little bit of confusion that can result in trying to understand the will of God. But I want to uh, just, just make it clear tonight. The Bible, the Bible is very clear about telling us the will of God. And uh, God has a will for each of us. What do I mean by the will of God? You know, what is God's will? Uh, basically, what, what God wants us to do. What does God want me to do? What does God want you all to do? with your life, and in specific daily things, and in the big picture. What is God's will? Um, before, I, before I read our, our first passage here, just, uh, just think about this for a minute. You know, um, God, logically speaking, okay, if God is who the Bible says He is, if God is our Creator, if God is our judge, if God is our father, our savior, our protector, if God really is all those things, this incredible, wonderful being, you know, our creator, God, it makes sense that we would want to know, what does God want with me? What does God want for me? What is God's will? God does have a will for you, for, e- for each of us. God has a will, and he wants us to know it. That's simply the first thing that I want to look at, uh, point out very briefly with a couple of scriptures, is, one, we can know the will of God. It is not a big mystery, something that you have to search for and search for, and maybe, hopefully, someday God will show me his will. No, God reveals us his will. But, and let, let's look at Ephesians 5.17, just as a starting point. The Bible says, Wherefore, be not unwise... But understanding what the will of the Lord is, God wants us to know His will. He doesn't want any. He says basically the opposite of this is is being unwise. If God wants us to understand His will, He's going to show it to us. He's going to reveal it to us. He's not going to hide it. He's not going to say, "Okay, you must understand my will," but I'm not going to show it to you. So good luck. You're on your own. God doesn't do that. He's going to reveal it. He's going to show you. He's going to use his word to do that. Also, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Let me read this. Colossians 1, 9 says, uh, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It is possible to know God's will. To be filled. It was Paul's desire here for this church that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. So we can know God's will. The first thing I want you to know about God's will is you can know it. And God reveals that to us through his word. Um, let's look at a couple specific things now. What is God's will? The Bible does tell us what is God's will. First, very importantly, look at 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. First Timothy chapter two verse four. I mean, uh, let me let me actually start in verse one. Read a few verses ahead of this. I exhort therefore that first of all 
supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, and for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have, this is the verse we want to pay attention to here, who will have all men to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Here we see very clearly said one thing about God's will. God will have all men to be saved. This is what he wants. One thing that God wants is for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of who we are, who you are, and what that relationship with you and God should be, what it currently is, and what's going to happen with your relationship with God after death. What about eternity? The knowledge of the truth. This is what God wants all men to know. Um, And so this is something I want to touch on. And one thing I do want to mention also, a point here, you know, God will have all men to be saved. He wants all men to save. We do know that not all men, not all men get saved. Um, So just because something is God's will, uh, it doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen. God gives us free will too. God gives us choice of what to do, whether or not to obey his will or not to obey his will. Uh, but God does wish for all men to be saved. Let me read you a passage in Acts chapter 17. What do I mean by to be saved? Some of us here understand that. Some of us, it, it may be an unfamiliar term. Um, I love Acts chapter 17. came across this in Sunday school last year. The teens have heard it a couple of times. I think I've, I've mentioned it in church here a couple of times. But I'm going to mention a couple, uh, something about this here. Acts chapter 17 is the Apostle Paul preaching to a group of people who know nothing about the God of the Bible. Nothing. They have a completely different worldview. And he is introducing God to them. And I love how he introduces God to these people who, have nothing, who don't know anything about him. Let me just read a couple of verses. Let me start in verse... 24, it says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temple made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek, this verse 27 is going to tell us, a little bit about God's will here. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. So Paul is telling us about God here. So one, God is the creator. He has made all things. He has made the world. And he, and he, and he, he, he needs nothing. God, he is self-sufficient. Everything he does, everything he is, he is in and of himself. So he doesn't, and the point I want to bring out this is, you know, when God, when God, when God offers us his love, or offers us his grace, or his goodness, or salvation, or something, something good that God gives us, he doesn't need to do that. God doesn't need anything. He does it for us, out of love, incredible love for us. But, so God here, he desires that all men should seek the Lord. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being. I want to make this point. Why is it God's will for all men to seek the Lord? Is it for God's will for all men to be saved? It's because without God, life is vanity. There is no point in life. And remember this, uh, graduates, as you go through life, you will be bombarded, bombarded with, with temptations to, 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 to uh, pursue something else other than, other than your relationship with the Lord. But remember, you were created to seek God, and it is in God that you have your life and your being. Everything is about God. Life is about God. We've been learning in Sunday school uh, recently about, our, about sin, about creation. When God created Adam and Eve and gave them a perfect world to live in, and gave them one law, do, you know, they, they had the, 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 the trees, the trees of life, the tree of life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Told them, do not eat of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what happened? Well, they, they, they broke that law. They broke that law. They sinned. That was the first sin. They transgressed the law of God. The Bible defines sin that way for us. Sin is the transgression of the law of God. 
God gives us things that He wants us to do. And those things are in accordance with His character, with His righteousness, and with His holiness. And He wants us to live holy as He is holy. He gives us, he, he, he gives us uh, a very clear and specific list, even, in the Ten Commandments of what He wants us to do. He gives, he, you know, Thou shalt not, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not covet. These are a summary. You know, I'd, obviously, there's more than that. I didn't list all ten, but these are a summary of, of what God's expectations of man, as the book of Romans so clearly uh, tells us. And something very interesting about, uh, about when Jesus Christ was on this earth. What Jesus Christ did when he was on this earth to convince people of their need of a Savior, of to convince people that they need to obey the will of God in receiving salvation, was He showed them the law, He showed them their guilt. We need to examine ourselves, we need to examine our lives against the perfect righteous standard of God to realize who we are and, and realize our, 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 our case before, our, our, our situation before God is one of guilty. If we stand before God and He judges us according to His law, we will be guilty. We will be. Uh, we will have no excuse. We'll have no reason. And so we. we God wants us. As we read in Acts 17, God's will is for us to seek Him. God's will is for us to be saved. We're in First Timothy 2. Bible tells us that that sin, that breaking of God's law, prevents us from being with God. Prevents us from having that relationship with God. We cannot have that relationship with God. We cannot know God. We cannot go to heaven. When we die, to be with God or have a relation with God here on earth, if we have sin, the Bible tells us that. Bible tells us. Now the solution to this is 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 coming. The good news is coming in in in, in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we get to the good, we have to realize the situation is all those sin in Romans in uh, excuse me in Revelation chapter twenty. I'm actually going to read a couple of verses there uh, quickly here in Revelation chapter twenty. This talks about judgment day. All those that happen who stand before God and they have sin. The Bible tells us one day there is going to be a judgment. We're all going to stand before God. He was 9.27. It's appointed to him once to die and after this the judgment. One day you and I will stand before God and God is going to judge our lives. God is going to judge our lives according to his law. And he's going to see, do we, do we make it? Do we make it? And it's very, easy, it's very easy to know ahead of time what's going to happen at that judgment. You just you can you can open up God's law right in the Bible and say, okay, thou shalt not lie. Have I ever lied? I have, yes. <laughs> and go down the list. Thou shalt not kill. I'm good there. Haven't killed. But Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, if you have if you are even angry with another, God equates that to murder. If you have been angry at your brother without a cause, you shall be in danger of the judgment of thou shalt not kill. God he judges things on the heart level. So. One day we're going to stand before God, and this and uh, this is what's going to happen. Revelation 20. Let me read verse 11. So then I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast to the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast to the lake of fire. Look at one more verse, Revelation 21.8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. This is talking about what happens at Judgment Day. All those whose name is not written in the book of life, they're judged according to their works, it's found that they have sinned, they're cast to the lake of fire. This is kind of a depressing message for a graduation ceremony. Like, I came for graduation service. I didn't come to hear about, you know, fire and brimstone. But this is very important. We're talking about the will of God. It's God's will for you to be saved. Why does God want you to be saved? Because God created you to be with you, to have a relationship with you. And it's because of our sin and our nature, our sin, our sin against God that we cannot have that relationship with God. And this, God is trying to warn us here, this is the just and righteous penalty for our sin. This is what's going to happen to those who have sinned to stand before God. And so, you know, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do in order to obey God's will, to be saved, to seek God? What do we need to do? 
I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing that you can do. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. God has, uh, you know, you can't live that perfect life. You cannot not sin. There's nothing you can do. But there was one person who came and who did something for us, did something that we cannot do. And that person is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ came now. And the Bible talks about it was the will of God from before the creation of the world even. God had this plan set in place for the Lord Jesus Christ to be, it was God himself, to become a man in the flesh, come down to this earth, and he was born of a virgin. We were just talking about that Sunday school. He was not born of, born of Adam's seed. Did not have that inherited sin nature like we all do from Adam because of Adam's first sin. He, he, he was the son of God. He was God. And yet at the same time, 100% man. And he, as a man, he lived a perfect life. He lived, he did that thing that we cannot do. He met God's requirement to have that relationship with God, to, 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 to enter into heaven. And, and, and even, you know, we have a relationship with God now, those of us who, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what Jesus Christ did. He came down to earth. And uh, so let me, uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me read your verse, uh, Romans, Romans 5.8. I probably quoted it, but I have a very hard time quoting things when I'm preaching. I'll read it. <clears throat> Romans 5.8. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commanded, God showed his love toward us by sending the Lord Jesus Christ, who was, who was God in the flesh, came out and lived that perfect life, and he did something for us. He did not come just to be a good teacher. Jesus Christ did not come here to, 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 to give us some, some wise proverbs and sayings or to start a religion or whatnot. That was not the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was not the purpose of his life. Jesus Christ came with one purpose, and that was to become our substitute, to die in our place, a sacrificial death on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins. As we talked about just a couple minutes ago in Revelation chapter 20, it said the penalty of the sin is the second death that cast to the lake of fire. And uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. death uh, sin has to be paid for with death. If we pay for that ourselves, it is eternal death in the lake of fire. You do not want to do that. Jesus Christ came and died in our place so that we don't have to. And he was the only one who could because he was the only perfect, righteous man who could meet that requirement. So Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross in our place. He was, he was literally uh, 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 taking our place in judgment. Let me read 2 Corinthians 5.21 that explains this uh, so perfectly. I'm in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. For he hath made him, or this verse is talking about God and Jesus. For he, God, hath made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This verse here is explaining what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Okay, Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, you know, in, in Jerusalem, Mount Calvary. And, you know, that's, that's thousands of miles. I don't know, Brother Jordan knows how many thousands of miles it is away. I don't know. It's thousands of miles away from here. It's thousands of years ago away from here. What in the world does that have to do with us here today? This is exactly what the Bible is trying to tell us. This, this is how we can fulfill the will of God of being saved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He, he, God took our sin, placed it upon him. He literally became our sin. He became, you know, the, the worst of us. The worst of my, what I think of, I think of the worst of my, the worst things that I've ever done. And it comes to mind, I'm like, wow, that, Jesus Christ had to become that, to pay for that. You know, and not just me. I mean, everybody. Hitler, the whole, you know, Mao, all of them. Jesus Christ became that sin, and God judged him for it. He judged him for your sin. He judged him for my sin, so that I don't have to be judged. That is what Jesus Christ came to do. And after being on the cross, after dying on the cross, he gave his life on the cross. He took our sin. He paid for it with his death on the cross, his brutal death on the cross. And, but three days later, he proved who he was. He proved that he was the Son of God who could take away the sins of the world by resurrecting, resurrected from the dead. And that, that is the key to our Christian faith right there, is that resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's a, a quick summary what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us so that we can fulfill God's will. For be saved. That's the first and most important thing. That's the will of God, to be saved. 
to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And what do you have to do with Jesus Christ? You have to, just like Bible said, you have to accept, you have to believe on him and accept him. Like I said, there's nothing you can do to, 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 to gain heaven, to get that relationship with God. Jesus Christ already did it for us. What you have to do is, is accept what he did on, your cross, on the cross and place your faith completely in him. That's why I'm not going to trust in the fact that my dad was a preacher, that you know, I'm a preacher, and I'm in church, and I've been baptized, and you know, I live a good life and all that. I'm not gonna, that's not going to get me to heaven. What Jesus Christ did on the cross is what gets me to heaven. I'm, my faith is 100% resting on him for salvation. That is what we must do, is accept that. Turn from all else, whatever else we're believing, accept Him as our Savior. And that will, that will result in salvation. Now, once we do that, there's a couple more things about the will of God. Very quickly. Let me mention this very quickly. I just want, uh, if we, John, John chapter 6, verse 39 to 40. Just a couple minutes, and I will, I will be wrapped up here. Okay, so... So, so, as Christians here, we've done that. We've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. What's the will of God for us now? What do we do now? What's the will of God? Well, mention this very briefly. Uh, John six thirty nine and 40. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. One thing I want, I want, I want you graduates to know, I want all, all those who place their faith in Jesus Christ to know. Once you have believed on the Son, as this verse says, it is God's will that you have everlasting life. You cannot ever lose that. God, God has saved you. He has sealed you. And you will have, you have everlasting life at that moment. Remember that. Remember that. You go through, as you, as you go through life, graduates, you know, as you, as you're young now. As you get older and you face difficulties, you, you think, you might think, that, okay, you know, I know, I know I'm not going to lose my salvation. Of course not. You're not going to lose your salvation. But this is a very, very important fact to keep in the forefront of your mind. Uh, that God loves you so much, you know, that he, as John chapter 10 says, he's, he's holding you in the palm of your hands, and, and, and no one is able to take you out. He gives you that eternal security. God wants us to have this relationship with him, and there's nothing, nothing that will ever break that relationship that you have with God. Do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? You become a child of God, and he seals you. Nothing is ever going to break that relationship. God loves you more than anyone could ever love you. There's a, there's some, the, the graduates here have, have amazing Christian families that love them and that have raised them right. And, you know, but your parents will never be able to love you as much as God loves you. you know, it's just that relationship there is everlasting, it's eternal, and it will give you, it, it, this will give us life and peace and joy in this earth. Okay, and uh, quickly, let me, let me, let me mention... Let me. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip through. The, I'm gonna read this quickly here. Uh, just a couple things about more about the will of God. Bible says some very specific things. First John uh, or First Thessalonians four three. Will of God is to abstain from fornication. First Thessalonians five eighteen. The will of God is to give thanks. First Peter two thirteen through fifteen. The will of God is for us to submit to every ordinance of man. That our well-doing may put foolish men to silence. It's God's will that we obey our government, basically. It's God's will that we uh, have a godly example to others so that others see us and see our, um, our, 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 our well-doing and it turns them to God. And uh, so remember that we are an example. It's God's will for us to be an example to others. Psalm 119.105 is a well-known verse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with this. Again, I'm going to read it because if I try to quote it, it won't work. Psalm 119.105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. I'm going to summarize it. There's a lot of scripture that talks about this. I'm going to summarize with this. Graduates, Christians, uh, all that are here. The key to doing God's will is in God's word. Like I said at the beginning, it's not a mystery thing. It's not something that, um, it's not something that, 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 that God's trying to hide from you. What God wants you to do is follow his word every day. It is a lamp to your feet and a light into your path. And the words that that's used, um, you know, talking about the lamp to your feet and light to your path, it's not talking about something that will show you two miles down the road. It's talking about something that will show you 
just enough to get you the next few steps. Just enough to get you the next step as you're going down the path in the night. In your daily lives, you do what, God, what you know God wants you to do today. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, you may not be 100% certain what God's will is for you 12 months from now, or 4 years from now, or 10 years from now. You don't need to know that. You need to, know, you need to get up in the morning and say, read your Bible, have your prayer time with God, say, okay, what does God want me to do today? I'm going to read God's Word. Tell me, what does God want me to do today? And that's what you do. You do that every day, and, uh, and God will direct your life. Ten years now, you'll look back when you graduated ten years ago and think, wow, look how God directed in my life and brought me here and there and everywhere. And all I did was just every day follow Him. So follow Him every day and uh, obey the will of God. Ephesians 6 tells us, do from the heart. Do from the heart. And uh, God, God loves, wants us to serve from the heart. So the will of God, the will of God is for us to be saved. The will of God is for us to get, uh, obey Him and, and seek His word every day. And with that, I'm finished. Thank you, Brother Daniel. I appreciate the charge to all of us. Uh, it shouldn't be just to the students. It should be all of us. So graduates, would you please stand? All right, go ahead and turn the congregation, please. Class of 2022, please turn your tassels. All right, why don't we give them a round of applause here. Well done. Pastor, would you close us in prayer and pray for our refreshments to follow? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for our graduates. Lord, I thank you for each one of them. Lord, I thank you for Boaz. Lord, I thank you for even putting him in my life, Lord, and, and uh, even being such a good friend to my own son. Lord, I pray he'd always love you and serve you and serve you because he loves you. Lord, I thank you for Samuel Scalisi. Lord, I pray your, ble- your blessing and your direction upon his life as well. Lord, bless him as he prepares for Bible college. Lord, I pray that you'd use him. Keep him close to you. Keep him right, Lord. I pray your hand would be upon his life. Lord, I thank you for Mary and Conley and her desire to serve you. Winding and dive into missions. And Lord, I, I think often of the conversation that we had just a couple of years ago. And I knew, well, she got it. She understands this. Lord, I pray your blessing on her life. I pray she, too, would always love you and serve you and serve you because she loves you. Lord, keep your hand upon their life, Lord. Guide and direct it and bless them, Lord. Father, I pray that you bless our refreshments to follow and the fellowship we're going to have. Keep your hand upon our church. Help us to always to glorify you and honor you. And, Lord, we love you and we'll thank you. Lord, I pray and ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. And just one thing real quick. Also, parents, don't forget for our youth trip... Of those going to the Ark in August, uh, those heading down to the Ark in August in the Creation Museum in Ohio and Kentucky, I do have a meeting with all the parents right after church. We do need that.